welcome to The Feral Fawcett, a podcast for curious creatives. I'm Feral. And I'm Fawcett. And today we're talking about praise, criticism, breaking rules, procrastinating, and being ballsy. The challenges, the joys, the highs, and the lows of leading an artistic life. Unless we're distracted. Welcome to today's episode of The Feral Faucet, dishing it out and choking it down. We're talking about giving and receiving feedback, and we're delighted to welcome Stella Harvey to the show today. Stella Harvey is the author of three amazing novels. The latest one is called Finding Caladora. It's a beautiful work of historical fiction that follows four generations of a Greek family. She is the founder of the Whistler Writers Festival, one of Canada's most prestigious and definitely the most fun writing festivals. And she was the art festival's artistic director for 20 years. Long time, Stella. She is, she is a revered and highly sought after creative writing instructor with the SFU Writers Studio. Uh, she also founded the Whistler Writing Society. She is the maven of the Vicious Circle Critique Group. And that's where she and I connect, first connected. Uh, this group has been doing writing retreats and monthly meetings now for over 15 years. And Stella, you've also helped a large number of other writers from form their own critique groups from around the Sea to Sky um, and Vancouver. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure where you find the time to do all this, but I know you wake up very, very early. <laughs> yes, I do, unfortunately. <laughs> Welcome, Stella. Thank you so much. It is really great to be speaking with you. And um, we wanted to ask you first what you're working on now. Ooh, scary. Um, I'm actually working on two projects. Um, I had completed a speculative fiction um, novel ooh, probably about a year ago. Um, it has a working title of Disruption, and um, I'm now re-editing it <laughs> and tearing my hair out. Um, but anyway, I'm re-editing that. And um, I have also been working on a graphic novel. Uh, and uh, we'll be meeting with an artist uh, sometime in early February to uh, go over the novel and see what kind of thing, what kind of partnership we could uh, develop in order to complete the novel together with images. Um, I've written about 18 chapters in, the, um, in that novel. Um, so, and it's called Bombalina. Oh, cool. Now tell me, what demographic is this graphic novel for? Um, I think for me, I think it's more adult. Um, I like I like the idea of a graphic novel because it, I think it's I've read quite a few actually, now, and I think they're maybe more um, accessible somehow. Um, I think with you know all of the technology and everything we have. There needs to be some way to come back to the book and maybe having pictures that um, are interwoven into the story might help that. I don't know. I think both are quite dark, both my spec fiction novel and my um, graphic novel, both are, are quite dark. So I think they reflect how I feel about the world these days, probably. <laughs> 
So when we're talking in this, for this conversation, what we're talking about really is giving and receiving feedback in the, um, in the process of the creation, not in, for example, reading a book review or art criticism or a music review like that. So it's more about the process of, um, finding, finding that finished product, not of the finished product. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, th- I think it's interesting that, that the field of writing is the artistic field that I think is most ripe for giving and receiving feedback. I don't know if this is just me, but it seems that the literary, in the liter- literary arts world, like including screenwriting and writing for stage and television fiction, nonfiction has more of a culture of giving and receiving feedback during the process than perhaps other artistic disciplines. What do you guys think? Tell me, Stella, because I disagree, I disagree with her. So let's hear you as another literary tell us, and then I'll disagree with both of you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that it's necessarily the easiest thing um, in the world uh, to do, but I do think that because we uh, work by ourselves so much, there is probably a need to connect with other people. Not a lot of people do that, or they're very intimidated by um, by doing it uh, because they haven't shown their work to anybody before, etc. Um, I don't know. I think that once you do make the step to reach out and find others um, who will review your work, et cetera, then it becomes a very intimate experience. You're sharing your work, you're discussing your work, but I think it's something that most people have to build towards. Absolutely. I think we get very attached to the work we do. In visual arts, uh, we tend to work in isolation similarly to uh, writers, mm-hmm. um, but we we may not get feedback as much as, as writers, but absolutely we do. Um, I was teaching for a program and our students would submit the work and I, I would, week, uh, like on a weekly basis, they would submit something and I would go into their work. Not to say this is the answer, which I'm sure is the same way as when you go for writing. Yep. Not this is the answer. It's, it's, this is an approach. Here are some, you know, some tools that you could use. This is a way of looking at your work with different eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in writing, maybe it's a little more clear. You're like, that needs a comma. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no arguing that. Whereas in a painting, you can't really, it's not quite as, uh, is exact, mm-hmm. but we, I think, I think all arts benefit. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit, Stella, about the types of feedback that you could give someone? What, what are we talking about when we talk about feedback in your experience? I think, um, I think a lot of the feedback, the, if the most effective feedback is actually around asking the person that you, you know, is submitting the work, um, what they were trying to do, like first, I think first and foremost, you need to understand what is it that the person is trying to do in uh, the submission that they've provided. And then I think the most effective feedback has to do with coming back to um, speaking to that initial that goal, that vision of what they were trying trying to accomplish with the piece. And then in order to do that, I think you need to take a look at is it, you know, is the dialogue sharp? Is it, are there things that 
are unclear, whether it's dialogue setting, uh, the characters' uh, descriptions. Um, there's all sorts of things that I'm looking for in terms of a story. But I think the first element is understanding what the writer is trying to do with that piece. I think you're so right. I'm going to take it back to visual arts. <laughs> when um, we had students, again, back to the student situation, the ones that we could help the most were the ones that asked the question. They knew what their objective was. So we sometimes would get people submitting paintings that would say, help, mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. And you're like, well, I don't know what you're trying to do. Yeah. But if you're like, if you, if they at least take a stab at, I, I don't feel like there's enough, um, intensity in this scene and they give you that to work with, you're like, Oh, you're looking for intensity. Yeah. Ah, I can help you with intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the palette. I'm looking for a soft palette. Okay. Well, I can help you establish that in your painting. Yes. Is this is a similar way that I would. Yeah. Yeah. In my, in the situation with my students, I ask them for a little blurb similar to that. So here's what this piece is. Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I'm worried about, or I need, I don't feel is quite right yet. That way, then I have some direction in terms of what they're trying, um, trying to do. And then I can provide feedback on all sorts of fronts based on those questions. I might find something else as well, but as long as I understand what the overall goal is, it helps guide um, my feedback. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I'm, uh, I wonder if there's a best time in the process to seek out feedback. If, if I think I'm finished, uh, is that the best time or sort of when I'm halfway done and I feel stuck or, or early stages, what, what do you say is the most effective time to seek out feedback? I think any of those three, actually, it depends on the person and where they're at and how they feel about providing receiving feedback. But um, I think that sometimes people, uh, writers, are afraid to send something in or they try to get something as perfect as they think it can be before um, they send it for feedback. And really, in my opinion, uh, because I probably have suffered from this before too, um, it's just a way of procrastinating. It's a way to hold on to the work um, and not allow it to be seen um, and not going forward either, which, you know, then you get into this spinning kind of cycle where you're not moving forward. So I actually think that um, at any point in the, the process, you can get feedback from your colleagues, from other writers uh, around you, especially within a group. I feel like um, sometimes the most effective feedback and, and having provided lots and lots of feedback on different manuscripts myself, I think that I feel like I'm most useful when I'm not giving feedback on things like little punctuation bits or, or s spellings or just little word placements, yeah. but rather the big picture stuff. Yeah. The little stuff seems like it's just dicking around, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah, I have a tendency to do both because I can't help myself, but I agree with you. Mm -hmm. It's better to have that, you know, be involved very soon into the process and the big picture stuff. I agree. 
it would be my opinion, and then you can add on this, but there are those very distinct different stages and same with art. Like if you have a compositional element, that's the, that's big picture. That's the beginning. And if you go down into the weeds and you're painting each one of those weeds perfectly, but your composition is not there, you needed that feedback. You needed that community input at the beginning stage. And so it's a lot of like what I would say is I would encourage people to get involved in a community where you have someone to touch base with at each of those stages. And so that you also have that confidence in those other people believing in you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, as I said, it's an intimate experience. And when, you know, our group, which has been for our own group, which has been around for over 15 years, close to 20, actually, um, it's, uh, you grow up together, basically, your writing develops together. Um, it's a, it's an incredible, you get to know each other, um, and the writing that you do, the stories you tell, the quirks that you have, et cetera. It's just, it's an incredible thing. So you know that Catherine is deeply twisted? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't going to say that or anything. <laughs> well, almost better than anybody else. You know that that woman has kind of got a crazy mind. Yeah. And I so admire. Oh, you're spilling it all. <laughs> I know. I totally admire it as well. Oh, you want to know something? This is interesting. So I went on a writing retreat run by somebody we both know, Miss Catherine Fawcett over here. And uh, one of the most wonderful things I actually did writing of this writing retreat um, that I didn't know was how wonderful and important it is to get good feedback, like a a praise. I have never, when I've reviewed other people, my children's work and stuff, I don't think I ever said, oh, that line was so funny or anything. And she did that for me. And it, it allowed me to understand. Well, tell me what what do you, what is your experience with that? For me, the most you know the most effective <laughs> critiquing starts with what works, what works, and then you, you know you can talk a little bit about what doesn't work, but very specifically, it's not something like you don't even say this doesn't work. It's I'm not getting this because I wonder if I need to see a little bit more, a little bit more of the character or I'm not feeling this scene because I just don't feel placed in the scene or I'm lost because of. So feedback, feedback that people listen to and that is most effective starts with all the things that work. And then you start to think you give two or three point or whatever, depending on the the manuscript, what doesn't and why with very specific details that the writer can then take and think about and implement or not, but still think about. I think that's really important what you said about making sure that we're prioritizing what works mm-hmm. and reinforcing this is what really these are these, these are your strengths mm-hmm. and i see your strengths i'm hearing your voice and i'm getting bumped a little bit here or there pointing out what's not working um i just want to segue into my next question which is choosing a, a, a the right person to read your work and sometimes i would the right person was often my mom or my dad um 
I know I knew I could get encouragement, strong encouragement there, mm-hmm. and that they would always be super, super supportive. And then I would give it to my critique group <laughs> for a li- same encouragement, but maybe a little bit more focus on the mm-hmm. literary aspects mm-hmm. that were bumpy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who do you choose? Always the critique group. <laughs> I'm curious, how long does it take for somebody to grow into being able to take critique? It's an individual thing, but the first step is seeking that critique, right? Mm -hmm. I have a little story about this. I recently submitted something for a publication um, for the Federation of Canadians art magazine. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I got an email back after I submitted it and she said, well, this and this and this, and we need to, which is, um, which meant I couldn't hear what she was saying because I was sure it was negative. I couldn't read it. And I actually, I couldn't read the email properly. And it was actually when talking with Catherine about what to do and she read it back to me and I was like, Oh, is that what it said? (laughs) I couldn't even realize that she'd actually offered me 500 more words and wanted a little bit more of clarification. So our own negative self view being actually open to be in that place means that that, uh, that feedback sometimes isn't even heard accurately. And it's so, yeah, you, you found that with your students as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, I had a student the other day where we had a one-on-one for the same reason because, and we had just had a class the night before and I said, you know, this is what they said, blah, 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 blah. And uh, told her, I mean, the fight scene that she created, the, a bunch of things that she had in um, the, the, the submission were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but you know, when you're first starting out and you're nervous about the whole process, it's hard to hear good or bad, I think, um, when it's provided. Yeah. It's interesting that there's a real vulnerability there though, when you put your, your stuff out and sometimes the expectations, because we can be really hard on ourselves. We're our own worst critics. The worst. And we just think our stuff is crap. Um, Mm -hmm. So it is difficult Mm -hmm. to hear the praise, accept it, and then uh, go with that and and follow your strengths and listen to Mm -hmm. the ways that you could improve your work. Mm -hmm. So could you tell me, Stella, about um, utilizing feedback and how um, how do you work with feedback that you receive on your work while still maintaining your own vision and voice? How do you, how do you know, for example, what to ignore and what to work with? Well, I think for the for the most part, first I think about it all. <laughs> I actually go through a, a process where I have um, I print it off whatever I've submitted, and I start to actually hand write the feedback in various spots, because in a way, then I can see how many people have said the same thing within the group. And so that is an area then you sort of go, ah, okay, you know, three out of the five or four out of the six said this, I need to pay attention to that. I think about it against what I was trying to do. I'm constantly asking myself the questions. Um, why are people saying this? Mm-hmm. 
with with students and others, I basically suggest to them that they do exactly what I've done and then shelve it and continue. A lot of times the feedback is something that they should keep in mind as they go forward. I feel the most important thing is to get the story on the page and get it completed, um, especially if you've never done that before. I think you have a lot of actionable advice, actually, in all that you've just said there for both visual arts and for the literary arts. I have another question for you. In the visual arts, um, you know, each painting is is a, a unique thing unto itself and art breaks rules, but there are principles. So when you have a problem, you come back to principles of going, does this principle help me with whatever is going on? Does that yep. happen in, in writing? Yep. <laughs> yep, for sure it does. There's principles in writing um, that need to be followed. Well, I don't think they need to be followed, but when you, as I say, and other people have said to me as well, if you're going to break a rule, understand why you're doing it. I have a round robin question for us, starting with Stella. What is the best <laughs> advice you've ever received? In regards to your creativity, I <laughs> <laughs> the best advice I ever received was from the uh, was from Lawrence Hill, and he was uh, my mentor at the uh, Banff uh, School of Fine Arts. Uh, and I was working on my first novel, Nikolai, which became Nikolai's Daughters. And um, in our first meeting. Um, he asked me how many chapters I had of the book done. And I'm so proud. Well, I have six chapters that he said, well, and how long have you been working on this, Stella? Oh, not long, maybe two, three, four years. And he said, I have a feeling that you keep making changes and correcting and changing your, your document but you're not moving forward. Said so I, that's was in our first meeting. And I went, yeah, well, I want to get it really, you know, correct. I want to get it perfect. And he said, it's more important to get it done than to have it perfect. He said, if you try to perfect the first six chapters, you'll never get it done. And that felt for me like a release, like it was okay to let go and keep going and get the story on the page because I always could come back and rewrite. And what it turns out is some of those first six chapters didn't end up in the final book. They didn't. <laughs> didn't. Wow. Wow. That is actually what? a really interesting little bit of information for all of us. Catherine, what's the best advice you've received? Well, you've given me a lot of really good advice, but I am going to go to um, the also great Margaret Atwood, um, whose advice um, when asked, uh, how do you know if you if if the page the, or if the writing, the piece of writing is done, how do you know if it's perfect? And she said, it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It just, what the only thing that matters is will the reader turn the page? That's really all that matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
That was, I thought that was great advice is to throw away your yeah. idea of perfection and just keep yeah. on going so that the reader will keep on going. Yeah, absolutely. She's a smart one. Yeah, <laughs> she is. Absolutely. How about you, Robin? What's the best piece of artistic advice that you've, artistic feedback that you've ever received? I think it might've happened in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the need for perfection is, it lives strong in this one. And, um, and so the same advice as you received from Lawrence, was that his name again? Refresh me. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lawrence Hill. Mm-hmm. So the same advice that you received from Lawrence Hill is the kind of advice I need daily. I needed this morning. I'll need tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to need, as we put this podcast together, that I know that there's one person out there that's going to listen to the three of us and they're going to go, that was really, that touched me. And that's what matters. It's that one person. It's, this is who we do this. This is who we do it for. We do the one person. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So less perfection. I mean, can we do that? (laughs) Can we do less perfection? (laughs) That's going to take a real effort to get less perfect than this right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Stella, it has been delightful talking to you about giving and receiving feedback, dishing it out and choking it down. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, we look forward to reading your graphic novel. I'm so excited. There'll be pictures. Thank you so much. It's very nice. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Feral Faucet. We hope you'll join us again. If you enjoyed this episode, please do all the things. Rate us. Review us. Share the episode. Drop us a heart. Drop us an email. Drop your inhibitions. Drop your drawers. Catherine, where does your mind go? (laughs) 